Praise God. Man, I'm so glad y'all are here this morning. For those of you that don't, maybe this is the first time you've ever been here when uh, Brother Ivan's been with us. Uh, uh, Brother Ivan and I have been divinely connected together for 25 years or more, been around the world together preaching the gospel, building churches, building orphanage, building things all over the world. Uh, whenever we're talking about Casa Angelina, the, the orphanage in Guatemala, this is uh, their ministry, their their families are all down there. Everybody's in the middle of it. And so, man, we're just pleased to have you with us this morning, Brother Ivan. Come on up here and bless us today. All right. Thank you, Pastor Robert. Good morning, everybody. Let's uh, pray. Dear God, I thank you for the word of the Lord. Thank you, God, that it's like bread to our soul. It's food and nourishment. It's life and joy and peace and deliverance. It's a chain breaker. It's a home healer. It delivers the captive. It opens the eyes of the blind. It unstops the deaf ears. It brings hope, God, when everybody's disillusioned and hopeless. It heals the wounded of heart. It changes the personality. It opens up wells and rivers and fountains that we never had before. Oh God, thank you for the word of the Lord. Thank you for the blessing of the Lord that makes rich. You add no sorrow to it. Thank you for reading people. This morning, God, read the people. Read their hearts, their situations, their circumstances, their dispositions, their mindsets, their attitudes. Heal their relationships. Save all the people that are lost. Open their eyes, God, to see Jesus and to experience your presence. Thank you for being here today in your presence. Bless Pastor Robert, Lord, and Miss Laura. Bless their children and their grandchildren. And let it be a miracle year for the church. Let it be the best year the church has ever had. Bless all the businesses of all the people that are here. Let no business fail. Let them all multiply, double, triple, and quadruple. Let the testimony be we have more work than we can handle. We don't know what we're going to do. God and fix all the broken pipes. And God help all the people that are just religious and mean. Clean them up, deliver them, and set them free. Take their fangs out and their claws out. Give them a little bit of love. Let the dove rest on their head and let them start growing the wool of a sheep. Bless all those, God, that are full of witchcraft and full of the devil. Deliver them today. I cast their demons out in the name of Jesus. And I break the power of Satan over their families. All the alcoholics, set them free. Everybody that's on drugs, deliver them. All the liars, all the backstabbers, all the gossips, and all the perverted. Set them free, Jesus. That's what you do best. You're amazing at it. There's nobody like you. I really appreciate you doing that, Lord. Make things a little easier on those that have it really hard, and don't have finances and are afraid of tomorrow. Heal people with diseases in their bodies. Calm them, Lord, from the fear of dying and going to hell. 
Let them know they're going to go to heaven. They love you. They serve you. They're surrendered to you. They believe in you. And Jesus, bless your word today. Glorify your name and change us forever. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to Jesus. How's everybody doing? Oh, thanks for coming. I appreciate it. It's always nice to preach to people instead of empty chairs. So go to James chapter 1. We'll begin there in verse 12. We want to talk to you a little bit about something important. But, you know, if, if you don't love Jesus, Christianity is simply going to be really hard. Because you really can't do what God wants you to do just by being religious or just by showing up to church. You need supernatural help from God to even do what God is asking you to do. Because as you know, there's some areas of your life where you're not like Jesus. You're not like him. You don't even want to be like him. There's parts of your life where you don't really want to get rid of those things. You actually enjoy them. There are a few things that actually bring you some peace and pleasure. And, but there you know they're wrong. And you know you can't get rid of it unless God helps you. There are some people that are so mean and hard to get along with that unless God helps you, you're pretty much going to hate them your whole life. You know, and then there's you. So that's kind of a big deal, you know, handling you all day long, 24 hours around the clock. <laughs> that's serious. And then, if, and then if you have people that agree with your dislike of you, well, that's a whole different thing there. So Christianity really doesn't work for the casual follower. It doesn't work for the distant observer. It really just works for a really committed, intimate disciple. A person who says, you know, I'm going to learn everything I can about Jesus. I'm going to learn everything I can about the book that he wrote that explains life. And I'm going to really tap in to the full powers and the superpowers that are available for me. Because I know without superpowers, I can't live a super life. And so the best way to experience God is an encounter. And until you start having encounters and you lead your own children into encounters, the best they're going to come out with is some decent type of morality that they'll probably not be able to keep all the time. You know, and then you just have religious people and their cliques and sects and all their different groups and things like that by denominations and other kind of weird stuff like that. But that's really not going to help anybody. So if you really want to be free and you want to help people and help yourself and help everybody and be full of love, you're, you're pretty much going to have to die every day to something you don't want to die to. So it's not good news, but it's true news. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Uh, because, you know, it takes a whole lifetime for you to develop these tastes uh, in the flesh that you really enjoy and that bring you some kind of gratification. And then Jesus says you need to get rid of all that stuff. So that's hard. And so you're not going to do it unless Jesus is there to help you. You're just going to hide it and act like you don't have it. And, and there you go. So that's pretty miserable because you've got all the guilt and shame to deal with. And of course, the hypocrisy and stuff like that. That's, that's not a lot of fun. And so we've all been hypocrites on many occasions 
because we don't want to displease God and we certainly don't want to disappoint the people we love. We want them all to believe that we're like they are. That's sad. So we need Jesus. Praise the Lord. So you got anything other than that this morning? May God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you're, you're in a sad place. And so maybe God can reach out his hand and take you out of that miserable pit and set you on a rock that cannot fail. Praise God and cannot fail you. I don't believe I would be a Christian if there were no supernatural powers. I really don't. I don't think I would be a Christian. I certainly wouldn't be an atheist. That's too stupid. But I don't think I would be any other religion either. I would just be like floating around, intellectually floating around. Because to me, God without the supernatural is just an empty shell. And so my experience has been that God is supernatural and that he does miracles for us. And that's my experience with God for almost 50 years now. And so what I want to share with you today has to do with all of that. And just to, to share with you some of the good testimonies is, you know, we finished 100 widows' houses. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Uh, I, ha I had asked the Lord to let me build 100 widows' houses uh, a year or so ago, and, and I just threw up the prayer. And it's $7,500 per house. So do the math. That's a lot of money. And then somebody gave us the money. Holla, holla. So what can you do but say, okay, I guess we'll do it. Now we've started on our second hundred houses. Praise the Lord. We're going to rescue a lot of widows. Uh, we finished our school uh, at the orphanage, which is a big deal. We also built our church. The ch this church here built it. And uh, we've got that magnificent church there that kids use, you know, three, four, five times a week. Miracles happen there. People get saved there. Uh, visitors get saved. I mean, it's just amazing, all the miracles that are happening from, uh, from the church you guys built. So I really appreciate that. And then also we're building this year our vocational school, which will teach uh, different trades for some of the young men that don't want to go to college. We, we're a high education orphanage, so we push our kids into uh, the highest level of education possible. But some of the young men may not want to do that. And so we're going to build a vocational school for welding and uh, three other trades. And somebody already has given us the money to build that. So may God be glorified. Praise the Lord. We're also going to build a malnutrition hospital, which is around $500,000. Somebody already gave us the money for that. So we're going to build that hospital to save the lives of babies that are dying. And then to do operations on cleft palates of children. You know, when you give a face back to a child who looks like a little, you know, looks really bad because their face goes, their lips go all the way up here. And then you give them a face, it changes their entire life. So we're going to do that. And then we're going to have a big delivery center for women that are pregnant so they can have safe deliveries of their babies. Praise the Lord. 
So can we all just take a praise break and say, holla, holla, praise Jesus, thank you, God. We have many other projects as well. Africa, which is our big thing right now, we're in the midst of buying land there. It's taken a long time because of the COVID problems and the government's scared of everything and it's just difficult. But we're pursuing it daily and we'll have that done here as soon as we can. And then we're gonna build a feeding center in the slums where we're at. There's a million people in those slums. So we're gonna build a feeding program to feed one thousand children a day and that is going to be miraculous that's a dollar a meal so you know i'm stepping way out but i just decided you know i have only have one life i'm just gonna go for it praise the lord some crazy person will give me the three hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars i need to feed those children praise the lord maybe you who knows i don't know whatever but it is going to happen and we are going to do it and we thank god for it so we're going to talk to you this morning in James 1.12, if you'll go there. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Then Revelation 2.7. To him who overcomes, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. So I want to talk to you today about your overcomer's crown, the overcomer's crown. Every person that becomes a Christian has been given the gift of overcoming. Inside you lives an overcomer. There is a person inside of you because of the Holy Spirit inside of you that can overcome all the things that you are going through right now. Every battle, every test, every temptation, every stress, all the areas of your life that you are failing in, all the areas of your life where you do not have victory, all the areas of your life that irritate you, all the areas of your life that frustrate you, all the negative things that are in your life that are there sometimes for years and years and years and years. Remember that every negative thing in your life has an expiration date if you walk with God. Praise the Lord. No area of your life is sanctified for permanent failure. All areas of your life have been set aside by God for a day when you will get that victory and when you will triumph and when you will overcome. One of the saddest things that can happen to you as a Christian man or woman is to live a life where you cannot overcome the things that you want out of your life. Think about how many things are in your life that you want out because you know they are not of God and they're not good for you. They're not good for your sons and daughters or for your children. And you certainly don't want to pass those things on to them. Think about just living life in the world we live in now. The greatest challenges in the history of America are upon us now. We are facing the most tyrannical times in the history of America. The taking away of our rights, the silencing of our voices, and the deceit and wickedness of evil men and women. We're facing serious stuff. 
And we need to be overcomers. Anything that you don't overcome, overcomes you and those connected to you. So you and I don't want to be defeated. We don't want to get defeated. We don't want to have a defeatist attitude. We don't want to have a fatalistic attitude or point of view. We have Jesus, the conqueror of the universe, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the bright and morning star, the lily of the valley, the fairest of 10,000 to our soul, the captain and the king of the whole universe, the righteous and holy branch of our heavenly father, Emmanuel, counselor, prince of peace, mighty God, everlasting father. We have Jesus on our side who has already conquered the devil, conquered the devil in people, and conquered the devil around people, and that is who we are serving. We have somebody with superpowers, super abilities, the, the means of changing people, the hearts of people, the beliefs of people, the ideas of people, the entire nation of America, the entire country of the United States and all countries around it. That's the power our God has and he has it within him. And in him, through the power of the Holy Spirit, he comes to live inside of us. So we now have all those superpowers available to us in the person of the Holy Spirit living inside your body. There is nothing you cannot overcome. There is not anyone you cannot overcome. There is not any situation you cannot overcome. There is not anything that has been done to you that you cannot overcome. There is no pain, hurt, Weakness, defeat, idea, philosophy that you cannot overcome. We are called to be overcomers and we get a crown for overcoming. And every time you overcome, a diamond is put in your crown so that when you go to heaven, even though you cannot take your house, your clothes, your money, your truck, and your guns, you can go to heaven, you can go to heaven, praise the Lord, with something way more precious than that. And that is all the victories that Jesus gave you while you lived here on earth and the pieces of God that you have apprehended, you have acquired through obedience to God's word and will. And he has become literally someone you're honoring by the way you are living your life. What is it? that is defeating you? What aspect of your life has on it the fingerprints of failure and defeat? What thing in your body has control of you? What aspect of your mind is out of control? What parts of your emotions are not under the control of the Holy Spirit? What happens to you that you wish nobody would ever see or hear about? What do you do that you hide from anybody you like. These are areas where we need to overcome. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Romans eight thirty seven says, through Jesus, 
We're more than conquerors. And 1 John 5, 4 says, faith is the victory that overcomes the world. You see, you're not going to stay in church if you're defeated. You're not going to read your Bible if you don't get victory. If you don't get joy, if you're not happy, if you're not fulfilled, if you're not satisfied, you're not staying in church. You're going to have to find another savior in the form of liquor or sex or pornography or some other source of debauchery because your flesh demands gratification. There's only two things you can do with your flesh. You gratify it because its appetites are overwhelming inside you. They're just constantly longing for gratification. Or you kill it by crucifying it to the cross and covering it in the blood. Can anybody shout a little bit and act like you're Christians and born again and God has done something for you? Let's take a praise break right now and just praise the Lord here on Sunday morning, you wild, crazy people. So overcoming is our new nature. We're overcomers. We're not defeatists. We don't wallow on the ground when our enemies seem to triumph. We rise up. We become stronger and more powerful and greater and more amazing. We lean into God. We fall on God. We run to God. We dive into God. And he empowers us with supernatural thinking, supernatural perspectives, supernatural perceptions, supernatural faith, supernatural love, supernatural holiness, supernatural truth. And Satan cannot approach us or come near us when we're dwelling inside of God. Praise the Lord. Tell somebody around you, I don't know about you, but I'm an overcomer. It takes bravery to resist tyrants. It takes bravery to resist the tyrants inside you as well as the tyrants outside you. But we are living in an age of resistance now. We have now entered war, and we have now entered warfare, and we now must become warriors because anything less than a warrior in a time of war gets devoured by the enemy. So you don't have the luxury of taking it easy right now. You don't have the luxury of standing back and just accepting whatever the tyrants of your life want you to do. I don't know why you're not shouting. That's great preaching right there. Overcomers, every time you're out there alone and somebody talks rudely to you and you answer them kindly, you get a diamond put in that crown. Every time you don't cuss your husband out when for the 30th year he has not changed that toilet paper and you just forgive him and pray for him, you get a diamond put right in that crown. Can anybody say hallelujah? Every time you don't pack your bags and abandon your wife because she's gained some weight and you're not attracted to her anymore and instead you walk up to her, give her a big hug, kiss her face off and go to holla holla. That's what I'm talking about. You get a diamond in your crown. Every time you say no to that lazy spirit that tries to get on you, and just do nothing 
but gratify yourself. You get up and go do what you know God wants you to do. You get a diamond in that crown. Year after year after year after year of overcoming that you have done by not going to jail every time you wanted to murder somebody, every time you wanted to go and burn somebody's house down and you said, I want to burn that house down. No, Jesus, I repent. Praise God. You get a diamond. Oh, and I have watched some of you overcome. I'm close to Robert. I'm real close to Robert. I'm one of the closest people to Robert. And he is an overcomer. Because it's not everybody you can just talk to directly how you feel. But he can do that with me. And he does. And he always overcomes. He's not in jail yet. And all the things he wanted to do would put him in jail. But an overcomer... They go through whatever they go through, but they never commit a crime. They simply just stand there, ask God what they're supposed to do, and do it even if they don't want to do it. Because you are overcomers, ladies and gentlemen. That is the nature that is within you. You are not to be defeated anymore. You are not to be under the thumb of your nature, your flesh, your attitudes, your past, your pain, your sorrow, your grief, your mother, your mother-in-law, your brothers, your sisters, your aunts, your ex-wife, your ex-husbands, whatever it may be. You're not supposed to be under their thumb anymore. It's time for you to say, I am an overcomer and I have a crown getting filled with diamonds. Why? Because when you get to heaven, you get that crown. May it be so heavy you can't carry it. May angels have to come and help you carry it. And you get to take that to Jesus, the Lamb of God, the one who gave you the power, the one who gave you the victory, the one who gave you the wisdom, and you get that crown. I need some help from some angels. Angels, help me. I can't make it. Ah, Jesus, send me. And the angels come, and you throw it at the feet of Jesus. You say, that's because of you, Jesus. That crown right there is because of you. That diamond right there, whoo, man, I, I remember that day. You're overcomers. Don't let the devil lie to you. Don't let your experience lie to you. And don't let the facts lie to you. Because some of you got bad information based on reality. And you've got to deny reality to enter the reality of God. You deny the fact that you have been a compromiser and that you have been a sinner and that you have been defeated. And you deny the power of all that and say, that is not who I am. That is what I've done. But I am what God has made me. And I will become and experience what Jesus has paid to make me. And I will be that man. I will be that woman. And don't give in to your failure. Don't be identified by your mistakes. Don't let your identity be created by your failure and your lack of Christ-likeness. You're not dead yet. And until you are dead, the story of your life has not yet been written. Can somebody take a praise break right now and say, glory to Jesus. I'm glad I came to church today. We see the Bible filled with men and women, some overcomers and some were not. We look at Samson. Empowered by God, called by God, but he couldn't overcome. He loved women too much. And he liked loose women, like most men do. 
And he liked good-looking loose women like most men do. And this is not a place to be religious and act like you don't. This is not that place. No. No. Very few of you have reached that place of sacredness. Some of you have, but not everybody. There is a place where women become sacred and they're no longer objects of sexual fascination. That does happen and it must happen. That's why we still need Jesus. Samson needed Jesus, but he couldn't find him. And he lost everything because he was not an overcomer. He liked drinking. He just couldn't get rid of the Bud Light. He tried. He just couldn't do it. He said, Jesus, if you can accept me with my Bud Light, I'll be okay. But I got to have my Bud Light. And of course, Jesus will accept you with your Bud Light. He'll take you with your cocaine. He'll take you with anything you want to bring. Bring it all. All he asks is stay close to him for a while and let him do his work. Just stay close to Jesus a little while. He'll work it out of your life. He'll become too precious to you. Your heart will become too holy and you won't even have the temptation to defy yourself like you did when it didn't really matter to you. Then you look into the face of your little children and all your grandchildren and you'll want to be a hero, not a scumbag. Praise the Lord. Look at three or four people and say, wow. I ain't never heard this before. Is that in the Bible? Is that really in the Bible? He's just making that up. You have Solomon, the wisest man on earth, given superpowers, the superpowers of wisdom. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot. Wisdom is, according to the Bible, the principal thing to get. If you're going to get something, the Bible says get wisdom. And he had it at his beckoning call. And it still didn't give him enough power to overcome his woman addiction. 700 wives and 300 concubines. Do, do you all understand what I'm saying? So that means 700 wives, 300 concubines. That, 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 that's what that means. So he didn't have the basic wisdom that a normal man has. That wisdom being that a normal man knows that he cannot handle more than one woman at a time or a lifetime. He knows it will drive him crazy to have to deal with a variety of women in that romantic way. And so most of us avoid that and just marry one woman till we die. And that's enough to drive you crazy, as you know. Not that there's anything wrong with you women, but you're just too complicated for simple people like us. You're complicated. We don't know what's going to happen from day to day, what you're going to act like, what you're going to say, what you're going to do. We don't know if you're going to be up or down, happy or sad, offended, mad, glad, rad. We don't know. It's just impossible to know. We don't know if anything we do may offend you or not offend you. We don't know if you I got my hair cut. Oh, that offends you. Praise God. Cut it too short. I look like what? A porcupine. Well, I'm sorry. Praise God. I thought you'd like that. No, I don't like that. I shaved my head completely off. What, what, what? Oh my gosh. You look like a hard boiled egg. Oh, you let it grow long. I mean, it's, do you understand? And I'm not even going to get into what women experience being married to men. 
but both of you know now that you need help from Jesus. Praise the Lord. Tell somebody around, I need help from Jesus. And if you have a, a dysfunctional body, a dysfunctional body where you actually have things going on in your body, you yourself cannot control. Like your hair falls out. <laughs> then you have to get a, a, a wig or a toupee or something. And if you move that thing wrong, it's off. It's going. It's back. It's, that's embarrassing. Or you have dysfunctional organs. You're peeing on yourself all the time. And you have to wear uh, those peeing underwear and things like that. And, and you're not going to tell anybody that. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> they wouldn't sell them so much if they didn't. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my god i can't believe i just said that oh man lord jesus nobody send this to my wife i'll be in so much trouble <laughs> whoa lord let us read the bible <laughs> anyway so Samson, Samson, <laughs> it says Samson lost his mind because there was too much female uh, logic coming at him. They all wanted different things, and a thousand women asking for personal, intimate, <laughs> private things is difficult. You have David, a mighty man of God. It says that David was a man after God's own heart. Yet he couldn't overcome a beautiful woman. Uh, you have Joseph, one of the greatest men in the Bible, who overcame everything. Everything. He overcame the betrayal of his own brothers. How many of us could overcome that? Your own brothers betraying you, selling you, throwing you into a pit, wanting to kill you. Yet we don't find anywhere in the Bible that Joseph was bitter or angry or even blamed them. Then he is bribed by his boss's wife for attempted rape, which he, he ran away. She tried to seduce him. He took off running naked because she tore the thing off of him. He's running naked through the property. Then they throw him in jail. He didn't deserve to go to jail. He, he didn't say he was angry or bitter. He just sat there patiently overcoming just overcoming. Why? Because at an earlier age, God gave him a prophecy, a dream, and he held on to that word. He said, that's not who I am. This is who I am. Everybody thinks I'm a rapist. No, this is what I am. I didn't do that. And sure enough, it all turned around, and he becomes the second most powerful man alive on earth. And when his brothers show up, he forgives them. It says he cried so hard that everybody in the house could hear him crying when he saw his brothers. That is an overcomer. Then you have Daniel. He said, look, I'm not going to stop praying even if you tell me to stop praying. I'm not going to stop preaching even if you tell me to stop preaching. I'm not going to stop saying the truth even if you tell me to stop saying it. Even if you, even if you steal my voice, I'm going to still say it from wherever I can. And Daniel got thrown in the lion's den. And God shut those mouths up. 
And then threw the guys that threw them in there, in there, and the lions woke up and ate them. Because that's what always happens to people who try to destroy you when you are serving God. Let's take a praise break right there, everybody. Praise God. Come on, serve God. Your enemies won't last. Serve God. Your enemies will not last. Come on, everybody. Serve God. Your enemies will not last. America will not be lost. Come on, everybody. Lift your hands right now and praise God a little bit. If you're not used to coming to a church where you do this, let me explain it simply. If someone puts a gun to your back, what do you do with your hands? Because you want to let them know you're not resisting and you're surrendering. And that's what it means when we go like this. We're telling God, I don't res I'm not resisting you and I surrender. And if your team wins the Super Bowl, what do your hands do? Because you got the victory. And so this is what it means when you go to church and somebody goes like that. I've got the victory. Come on, everybody. Say it again. I'm an overcomer. Say it. I'm going to overcome my flesh. I'm going to overcome this world. I'm going to overcome myself. I'm going to overcome all the people that bug me and drive me crazy. I'm going to overcome everything by the power of the Holy Spirit. Say it out loud. It's going to be a great year. It's going to be the best year. It's going to be the most amazing year. Come on, look at somebody and say, I don't care what your last year was like, but if it was bad, it's really going to be good this year. And if it was good, it's going to be a double portion of good in 2021. Come on, somebody, praise God. You have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They said, well, do whatever you want to us, but we're not bowing. I'm telling you right now, they're going to ask you to do things. They're going to ask you to do things. And if you bow, you deserve what you get. So you better be an overcomer and say, I'm like Shadrach, Be uh, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I will not bow my knee to any idol whatsoever. I only worship God, the Lord my God, and the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. Bring it on, whatever you got. But I'm serving Jesus and serving God, and I'm not going to act like an animal and lose heaven for anything down here on earth. Come on, somebody say, praise God. You've got Ham, the son of Noah, which was cursed because he saw his father drunk and naked and made fun of him and exposed him to his brothers and was cursed from that day forward. His brothers got to bless him because they walked backwards with a sheep and covered him up. Overcomers. You have Esther. Her whole entire clan, her whole entire group of people, the entire Jewish race was about to be wiped out. And she just said, well, I'm going in, and if I perish, I perish. You see, we're living in a time for heroes. We're not living in a time for cowards. This is not the age for cowards, ladies and gentlemen. If you are a coward, you are of no value to God, you're of no value to us, and you're of no value to yourself. You've got to be a hero. That's the age we're living in. You've got to stand up and whatever the price is that you've got to pay, you've got to pay it because it's time to be a hero and not a coward. It's time to raise up your voice and to do what you're supposed to do and serve God the way you're supposed to serve God. Serve him in the dark when no one is watching and serve him in the light when everybody is watching because we're in the age where either the hero 
or the coward is going to come to the surface when the tyrant stands at your door. You have Ruth, mighty woman of God. She said, Naomi, I've left my idolatrous family. I want to have your God. I want to serve who you serve. Uh, your God is my God. Your home is my home. Your people are my people. That must be declared. You've got to decide. Are you going to keep getting defeated by the same enemy year after year after year? Or are you going to put your foot down and say, this enemy, I'm excommunicating them from my lineage. I'm taking this enemy out of my family tree and off of my children and off of my grandchildren so that they will never eat at the table of this enemy and eat the garbage that I have eaten. They will never taste this poison because I murdered this tyrant and this giant and he will not be in them like he has been in me. That's what a man of God does and that's what a woman of God does. Praise the Lord. This church is going to explode. And I pray that another building will be built over there because that just looks like a piece. It needs a building over there or something. It needs a big old church right there. But anyway, so you have Peter. Peter was a coward. He denied Jesus three times when they asked him. He said, I don't know him. And then he cussed. The first way they identified Peter was the way he talked. He said, no, we know you were the Nazarene because of the way you talk. You see, Jesus changed the disciples so, so completely that their way of talking changed. They adopted the way he talked to people. And so Peter then was afraid that he was going to get killed or something, so he reverted back to cussing. Because cussing is the language of Satan, and praising is the language of God. I didn't get a big response on that, so I'm going to go over here and encourage myself. Praise God. Got a few cussers here, Lord. That's all right. Praise God. It takes time. So, henceforth, 2 Timothy 4.8, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. Revelation 2.11. He who overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. So people that don't overcome, they're going to be hurt by the second death. James 1.12. God blesses those who patiently endure. John 1.12. No, I just read that. Never mind. Revelation 2.17. To him who overcomes, to him will I give some of the hidden manna. And I will give him a white stone and a new name written on the stone, which no one knows but he who receives it. There are certain blessings that only overcomers get to experience. Revelation 3.11, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which has thou hast, that no man can take thy crown. Say it out loud, nobody's taking my crown. Revelation 3.5 could be possibly my favorite verse. He who overcomes will thus be clothed in white garments. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, Jesus. Whew. He who overcomes will be clothed in white garments. 
Ladies and gentlemen, do you not want to be clothed in white garments? And I will not erase his name from the book of life. Obviously, some people will have their names erased, or that Bible verse would not even be there. I'm not just making it up or twisting it. It said it right there. Why would he even bring it up if it wasn't an issue? You need to interpret the Bible correctly, not from your denominations. And I will not erase his name from the book of life. Don't hate me for saying that. Do not. I will not erase his name from the book of life. And I will confess his name before my old ladies and gentlemen. Do you not want Jesus introducing you to the father? Do you not want him to say your name? Do you not want to hear the angels rejoice because you have not dishonored Calvary by living a dishonorable life? but you have honored Calvary by living a surrendered life in obedience to God. And no matter how badly you wanted something, you laid it at the feet of Jesus and said, I don't want anything you do not want for me. Honor follows overcomers. Praise God. Revelation 3.12, he who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he will not go out from it anymore and I will write on him the name of my God and the name of his city. 321. He who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me in my throne, like grand is. As I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Praise the Lord. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to overcome all forms of poverty. Say it out loud. I'm going to do it. Poverty of the soul, where there's no love in you, no joy in you, no peace in you. Poverty of the mind, where you cannot think peacefully, righteously, or with the mind of Christ. Poverty of the emotions, where you cannot overcome anger, rage, despair, depression, loneliness, emptiness, hurt, wounds, and pain. Time to overcome ignorance, where you do not know God, do not know about God, do not know the ways of God, do not know what God is saying or what God is doing. It's time to overcome bad family members that drive you crazy and are there to drive you insane and make you just like them. It's time to overcome the DNA that's in your body that screams and yells at you to do things you shouldn't do, to say things you shouldn't do, to become a person you don't want to become. But it's in there screaming and yelling with appetites and impulses and urges. And it's time to overcome that by having an intimate communion life with God. It's time to overcome yourself. All the body parts you don't like about you. All the things about your personality you can't stand. All the little quirks you know so well. It's time to stop making yourself such a big issue. You are what you are. You've got what you got. Make the best out of it and just love everybody. Praise the Lord. Look at two people and say, that was for you. It's time to overcome all the people you're allergic to. Some of us are allergic to certain types of people. We get around them and our skin begins to crawl. This is an allergic reaction to certain types of people. Praise the Lord. That book's coming out in three months. People-itis, you really like it. Then we have the overcoming of your past. Look, you did what you did. So what? So what? We don't build our future on our past. 
We don't let the devil build our future on our past. If we're smart, we don't let, we don't take into account our mistakes and say, that's who I am. I did that, so that's me. That's my identity. No. Otherwise, you, we would all be crazy. We're, we're all crazy. And if you go to the past, then you're defeated. You must look to the future. Put your eyes on the Lamb of God. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Look up from whence comes your strength. Reach out to God and say, I am not what I have done. I am forgiven. I am cleansed. I am washed. I am purified. I have a new future. And as long as I keep letting my past define my future, I can't escape my past or the identity that it gave me. That's why you don't need to just be forgiven, ladies and gentlemen. That's why God knows forgiveness is not enough. You also need to know that it is forgotten. God doesn't just forgive you. He also forgets what you did and cannot remember it. That is perfect forgiveness. And if we could give that to each other, we would all be miracle workers. Because you know what conversations you've had where you have apologized to a person and then they get mad at you and they forgave you and they bring up 30 years of failures that were all supposed to be buried in the blood of the Lamb. Then you overcome circumstances and circumstances are needing to be overcome and finally you overcome the devil. The devil is already defeated. It's now time to throw yourself into overcoming. How do you do it? You maintain your intimate relationship with God. You memorize the Bible so it changes the way you think and the way you feel emotionally and the way you see things. You heal your perspectives about life. This gives you victory. You use the Bible like a sword. You memorize the Bible, you study it, you become a scholar of the Bible and you learn everything that's written therein and use it like a sword to cut the head off of your enemies when he comes talking to you, like Jesus did when the devil tempted him. You get around people that already have the victory that you are looking for. You say, how did you get that victory? Because that's, that's a victory I need. I don't have that victory. How did you get it? And then they train you, teach you, and mentor you, and then you go do the same to someone else. How do you overcome? You forgive every day. You do not let unforgiveness take root in your heart. You do not hate people. You do not take revenge on people. And you do not, do not desire to murder people personally. You will feel all those feelings. But you take it to the cross. You say, God, I feel like killing several people. But I'm not going to do it because I love you. Cleanse the hate out of me. And he'll do it. Never make an idol out of your revenge. Because it will turn on you and devour you and take you to hell. Praise the Lord. God will deal with everybody in his time. And it will be a just dealing. Praise God. Unless they're breaking in your house and shoot them. But praise God. Other than that, <laughs> glory to God. Sorry. Repent if you want to overcome. You want to overcome, repent right away. How many have ever said something and as it was leaving your mouth, you were trying to get it? You were trying, oh, but it went out like a spear and just landed in the person and put a hole in their soul. 
and you couldn't take it back because you had already said it. And what about some of the folks that don't bother to even stop? They just go and go and go. Their anger fuels their witchcraft. They literally speak horrible things to the person that they care about and just keep going and going and slaughter them and slaughter their manhood and their womanhood and their identity and just say negative, fault finding, criticize. That's being one with Satan and becoming a prophet of Satan to your own family. Cut your tongue out if you can't say anything that heals people. That was a little heavy. I feel it right here. I'm going to go over here. Praise God. That was a little heavy right there. Boom. Cut the tongue out. You're freaking everybody out. Get on the right diet of spiritual food. If you're a complainer and you want to overcome that because every word that comes out of your mouth is a complaint, get the word inside you about how the tongue heals and all the things about that and let that word heal your tongue because your heart needs to be cleaned out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Praise the Lord. Think about what I'm saying because these things are important. Communion and prayer is what gives you power with God. Abiding, learning new things, staying constantly in the place where you're ignoring Satan and amplifying God. Break all of everything by praise and thanksgiving and worship all day long. Praise God in the morning. Praise God in the noontime. Praise God in the evening when you're going to bed. Lift your hands in your bed there and begin to praise and thank and magnify God. Even if you have nothing to praise and thank and magnify God about, do it because you know you're stupid and you don't know everything and just begin to praise him and thank him and magnify God. Sing a song in your house. Sing it in your car. Hum unto the Lord all day long. Let the Holy Ghost flow out of you. Sing in spiritual song. Make melodies to the Lord. Let the Holy Spirit come out of your mouth. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray with psalms and hymns and spiritual song. And make melody in your heart to the Lord. Become an addictive praiser and thanker and worshiper. And all your troubles will shrink in size. God will get big and the devil will get small. That's all I got to say. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's take a praise break and thank Jesus this morning for a great day. Put on the music. Praise God for his wonders. Close your eyes for a moment. And as I do, make sure you check into whatmattersmm.org or you go to your app store and put in my name, Ivan Tate, T-A-I-T. And let me minister to you every day for free. It's all there. Turn that up a bit. This is a time now of reflecting and dwelling. So we close our eyes not because we are religious. We close our eyes for privacy. Like you would anytime you are praying or anytime you want to think. I think better when I close my eyes. 
I can concentrate better. And so I want you to think about your life so far. I want you to think about what's going on in your life and in the lives of your sons, daughters, and grandchildren, brothers, sisters, and friends. Where are you today? What chain has wrapped itself around you? What sin or bondage has got a hold of you? What area of your life are you hard-hearted about? And how do you feel inside? What has life done to you? What have people done to you? What pieces of you are broken and what parts of you are wounded? Because God is our healer. He is our recovery. He is the ICU of the spirit. He is the intensive care. He focuses on you right now, you individually. And he wants to know how you feel. Heaven is not cheap. It cost God everything to purchase a key that unlocks heaven. It is not cheap, cannot be cheapened. It costs a man his life, it costs a woman her life, for we must lose our lives in order to find our life. Some of you today, if I ask you, are you 100% sure that you're going to go to heaven when you die? If you're honest with yourself, you say, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that if I died today, I would go to heaven. But inside you're saying, I want to go to heaven. I do not want to miss heaven. I want to know inside that if I died today, I would go to heaven. You have that heart. You have that desire. But you are not 100% sure. So I'm going to ask you to do a very simple and easy thing right there where you're seated. If you want to go to heaven, if you want God to write your name in the book of life, if you want him to erase those doubts, if you want God to put that peace in your heart, which only he can do. You didn't come here by accident. God brought you here today to give you something you are longing to have. If you want God to put that peace in your heart, all I'm going to ask you to do right now, right there where you're seated, right there, all I'm going to ask you to do is to raise your hand right now, high enough for me to see, so that I can pray for you and God can do his miracle. Oh my gosh. Look at all the hands going up, Lord. Now lift them up without any shame. Let God see it. Let everybody on earth see it. Do not be ashamed of it. Hands are going up everywhere. There, 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 there. There, 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 there. Hands are going up everywhere. Because a decision is being made to rectify something that is eternal and must be fixed. Now, if you lifted your hand 
All I'm going to ask you to do right now is to stand right there where you're at and let me pray for you right now. Let God see you do it and let the whole world see you. He said, if you're not ashamed of me in front of people, I won't be ashamed of you in front of my father. Praise the Lord. Everybody that lifted your hands, stand to your feet. And I'm going to pray for you right now. And we're going to take care of this once and for all. We're going to take care of this. Now, all of you that are standing, I want you to look at me for one second. God is watching. God is watching. We're watching. And this is the way it should be done. This is the way it should be done. God is going to forgive you. He's going to forgive you for every accusing thing in your conscience. He's going to forgive you for everything you've ever done. But he knows that if he only forgives you, the shame will still be on you. Because you'll know God knows what you did and he remembers what you did. So he doesn't just forgive. He forgets. The Bible says he erases it from his mind. Just as if it never happened. And that is freedom. That is freedom. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer with the whole church that's here. But before that, I'm going to just yield over to the Holy Spirit for a couple of minutes. I sense there are two more people that need to stand. You know you need to. You know you need to. You didn't lift your hand, but you know you need to. Your heart is telling you right, right now, you should have stood up. So I'm going to ask you to be bold and brave and stand up if that's you. Stand up on your feet and say, that's it. I'm changing my future. I'm not going to keep these feelings anymore. I'm going to wait for you for just a minute. And then we will proceed. Two people sitting there. You're not sure you're going to go to heaven yet. It's in your spirit. And I'm battling for your soul. If you care enough about your soul, if you cared as much as I do, you would not question when you feel the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody that's seated, I want you to ask the people around you, are you 100% sure you're going to heaven? Everybody that's seated, thank you. Just ask them. They say, I'm not sure. Say, I'll stand up with you right now. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I ask you for forgiveness. I ask you to wash me with the blood of Jesus. Cleanse me, God. I turn my back on the enemy, on the devil, and on the world. I give you my heart. Come into my heart. I will serve you till I die. And I will love you all the days of my life. Jesus, I forgive everybody who's hurt me. I forgive myself. Thank you for your blood. 
Write my name in the book of life and make me a child of yours. I'll walk with you till I die. This is going to be the best year of my life. I'll be in church every time that door is open and I'm going to learn everything about you for the rest of my life. Amen. All right, everybody, let's give the Lord a hand. Thank you, guys. Come on. Give the Lord a hand, everybody. Praise God. God is amazing. And God is good. As you know, this church is very generous. I consider you all partners with us in all the things we do, more than just a church I go to and preach at. But more like a family. You really are a part of my family. I would not say that because that is too sacred for me to say if I did not mean it. I can say that I speak for my wife and all my children. It is such a blessing for me every time I come to Utopia. Honestly, it is. Because I don't feel like I'm going to any church, other church that I go to. Very, very different. Hard to explain. I really feel loved when I come here. Honestly, I feel like I'm like amazing. And it's not that other people make me feel bad, but I don't know, I guess it's just like family, it's the way it is. I, mean, I, I didn't make it, God made it. I drove past that, this church about 25 years ago, maybe longer. I was pulling a trailer, no, it's 30 years, over 30 years. And I was driving right there with a fifth wheel. I've been, my wife and I were preaching all over the nation. We just go from church to church. We did it for almost four years. And one day, somehow, we found this road. And when we were passing by the road, I heard the Holy Ghost clear as a bell. I didn't know what this was. He said, you're going to preach there for the rest of your life. And I told my wife, I said, God just told me I was going to preach there for the rest of my life. She goes, what? Where? What, what is this? And we just went on. And then miraculous things happened. Somebody that was from here that I knew up in Houston, I was playing racquetball with them. And they said, oh, I'm from there. I said, what? You're crazy. No, you're not. Yeah. And he sent a tape to Pastor Robert. And we have different stories, but mine is correct. <laughs> sent a tape to Pastor Robert. He said he thought I was crazy, but he didn't. He thought I was amazing, but he just didn't want to say it. But anyway, no, he probably did think I was crazy. But anyway, then, you know, we made it here and the rest is history. Praise the Lord. And uh, I believe I'm going to live a long life and my children will and Robert will and Laura will. And we'll get to do a lot more great things all over the world for Jesus. I know one thing, Robert and I are not quitting. So I hope you guys don't, you know, I don't know what the word is. I'm not going to say that word, but give out on us because we've got a lot of territory to take. There is still much more land for us to possess. Praise the Lord. So do whatever you want in the offering. We need it. God bless you. Amen. Abide. 
Praise God. Well, ushers, help me. Let's take up an offering because you want to be a part of this. Now, I know that, I know that, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're working closely with them on the Africa uh, thing. I've already committed to them whatever they need to build the kitchens, to build all the facilities, the wall around all. I already committed to them to do that, but we just can't. We really need prayer that they're going to quit messing around with COVID and get the thing going. I mean, because that's what's ha causing us problems is the paperwork, the court systems, that kind of stuff like that. So we can get that project on. I'm, I'm antsy. I want to get it going. But if you want to give an offering today and just as a bless, it goes directly to, to the to missions. You want to get sewed into that right now today, then we're going to give you that opportunity because that's what locks us all in together. Amen. Uh, there's nobody like Brother Ivan. I can guarantee you he is genuine. There's no hype. There's, well, there's hype, I guess you could say, but there's no uh, hypocrisy with him. He is right on. He is, he's a, he, I love him. I love him. Glad God put us together. So anyway, get your offerings. Put your hand on them. Father, I just declare right now in Jesus' name, we want to bless him. I declare that, Lord, that everything that, that, that the people give today, it locks us all in together. It, it unites us together to be overcomers. It makes us more than conquerors. And, Lord, we just praise you for that, Lord, to be a part of this. And thank you for bringing Brother Ivan and his family to us, Lord, that we could join together and fight through this life with people that we love to be around. And, Lord, I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Brother Ivan, i, I got to tell you this, though. You, you, you may know this, you may not, but you were live. So if your wife was at home watching today, you should be getting a text here in just a minute. Oh, Wednesday night, Brother Ivan's staying all week with us. He's working on his books, doing some things. He loves to be here and, and do that kind of thing. So he's staying with us Wednesday night. He will be here preaching again. Amen. So stand up. Look at that person around you and say, hello, overcomer. Grab their hand. Father, I thank you for blessing this congregation this morning, blessing these people today. I declare, oh Lord God, that you are you have made us all overcomers, more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives and dwells on the inside of us. And so, Lord, I thank you for it. I thank you for the connection, for the for the divine appointments, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. Hey, y'all don't forget the book table. Ivan's stuff is over here on a book table. If you want any of uh, the, the material, it's all over here on the corner. God bless you.